we were, we were talking about this. Um, this fetishization of like quote unquote the hustle. Like there are large sections of TikTok that are like, hey, here's my home business making. Like some of them, some of them are genuine businesses. Like hey, they make jewelry or something like that. Like that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But there are some that are like. Hey, I drop shipped a bunch of these and then I wrap them up nice, put a bag of Haribo in it, and resell it in this country in other countries. As and that's my business, right? Oh like, yeah, fucking drop shipping. Yeah, like nothing's been created, nothing's been no. Like there's no value to that except that you've found. Uh, except that like essentially you're exploiting like low wage Chinese manufacturing. Like that's yeah, all you're doing. Yeah. But then you you see all these things and it's like. Everyone has this like attitude of like, yeah, I'm running a small business and like I'm doing my I'm doing my thing and I'm an entrepreneur and it's like you're not no, you're not doing anything like yeah. I understand that the the shipping part of this is a difficult problem but like you are putting the effort and I agree with that but like you don't have a business like this is not a bit like you're not making anything Stop. no it's it's, li- it's literally like hustle is the right word like everybody yeah. used that as like. Oh, I'm like I've got this side gig and all that sort of yeah. stuff, but like the other the other flip side of capitalism is a nightmare. Is that like yeah, make your money. Like you have like if you're going to be fucked over by like a low wage job, you might as well not have the job. Like I get that yeah, part of it, like, yeah. but it's yeah. like this is not a business. This is not a business. This is not no. It's, it's not a business. It's absolutely not a business. And I think I think the thing that gets me is like the glorification of it. I think that's the thing that really gets me is like, and again, like if you're out there like. Like making jewelry, making candles. I saw somebody who makes artisanal dildos. It was very cool, but like <laughs> good for them. Totally, yeah, that's great. Like it's, it's got lights in it, which I thought was spectacular. Uh, um, why, oh, why would you want? Oh, that's a whole different yeah, conversation. Right, yeah, yeah, that was there was a health and safety issue there. I thought, but like, like do your thing. Like if you're being creative, do your thing. Like I'm not. I'm never going to shit on that. It's the people who are like, yeah, I bought all these fucking hoverboards from China and I'm reselling them, and they're they're now my business because I put them in a nice box and threw a. <laughs> Sweets in the box, like. gentlemen of the internet this is the gaming start podcast for the 25th of may 2021 my name's callum my name's june and typically this is the the time of the year where we would give a quick eurovision review but i'm so angry that i i don't really want to talk about it um you the feel correct like... winner was robbed yeah so, uh-huh I, I... um by a band that wasn't even that good and <laughs> They That's were, kind of how Eurovision works, to be honest. But yeah, like. true, but like, yeah, I mean, you're right, but I do have to appreciate the the boldness of the winners in a number of ways, but like, it was not a thing I would have expected to do particularly well with public, but hey, that's where it ended up, like. Yeah, like, that's just how it shook down, but like, the turns wrong out, people won. It turns out, like, if you put leather trousers and nipples on the stage, it seems to work. Who knew? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess, but like at the same time, it was like extra. It was extra bad because, like, obviously, obviously, the year that it would have happened, Iceland came out the gate 
and they would have stomped it last year. Yeah, like sure. absolutely, would absolutely massacred it because they had like an absolute hot banger. And, yes. and then people like obviously like like got into it and were like, yeah, this is great, and then it got cancelled. But they came back with a different song and lost, and that seemed wrong because yep. I feel like the people in Iceland would have deserved to win it anyway. But I mean, to be I fair, guess that's not how like, Eurovision works, but. To be fair, out of all of those uh, acts that were on on stage last night, like how many of them at that point could immediately tweet out, "Oh, by the way, here are the dates for our Europe and US tours," right? Like, I mean, yeah, that 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 is true, and it's it, it, it's good to see because especially because it's like I already have tickets. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we got the me and my friend were on the the hype train, and we got tickets for like it was supposed to be. April this year, so like yeah. a month ago. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously got cancelled, and now it's in November. I could not be well, more I thought excited. It was, I thought it was... Oh no, mine got moved to January. That's what Yours got moved to January, mine was, was in supposed, November. I was supposed to be a gig in April, like the week after you, and it got moved. Yeah. So yeah, mine's in January, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now. And yours is in November. Mine's, mine, okay. Mine is November, and yeah, did they could, bo- could not be more excited at the idea of seeing that guy live, because... Did they I've move got no venue? idea what that gig's going to be. No, it's the same venue. I thought it was the garage it was supposed to be. Yeah, it still is. Not according to that... Oh, wait. Okay, we'll talk off air, because that's not what was listed in the the one I, I saw I, last I, night. But, like, I looked at his website, and it's the same thing. Okay. Like, it's... So is, it's, is, it's, is GW2 not... Is SW2... SWG2 not the thing out in the West End? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a different place, but that's not... Okay, that's you not should, where he's you playing. Should check because... I'm looking at it right now. Oh, like, okay. I'm looking. I'm staring at it, and it says the garage. Okay. The image I saw last night had some different. Okay, maybe I misread it. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, like um, it was. It was like it was genuinely good to have Eurovision again. Like it was something. There was something about it that was like you could be very. Um, you could be very kind of traditionally down on Eurovision because like a lot of people who look at it and go this is fucking pointless and they're not wrong but, but yeah, the, yeah. the idea of this show ha- does have this kind of special meaning of like it was really weird to see a show with a bunch of people together next to each other live doing a thing and like every year for me Eurovision on top of it being like just wild um, it's always this like logistical magic like it should not it is incredible how smooth they put that show together and like how they yeah. basically don't have any technical faults and like they are churning through acts so quickly with all the staging and all this shit. Yeah. It's like it's a marvel kind of how they do it. And it's and it's like impressive staging as well. There are people with like whole set designs and mm. stuff like that. Like it's yeah. And you're like it's- and then on top of that this year they're doing it while still having very strict COVID guidelines because like, yeah. the, like yeah. the Netherlands haven't moved at all. Um, like they're still pretty locked down, so it's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, they were robbed. But also, like, it was it, I was I was there 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 was it was weird because like every time we talk about Eurovision, you talk about how like a lot of the songs are really boring and kind of bad. But then you get you get the ones that are like the your your peak Eurovision weirdness that is like. There, there was, there was Iceland who were just really good, yes. but had the had the added benefit of like cool fucking linking keytars that made like a oh, god that which was really cool. But then you had like wild shit like Ukraine that yeah, I just I still don't understand what I saw. I liked it. I still don't understand what I saw, 
but my favorite thing had was- like Tron discs and yep. and a flute and a crazy woman who never broke eye contact in the camera. Um, my favorite thing was was watching Twitter during some of the stuff that was like when people, when Ukraine came on and they were like, "Oh, this is actually this is weird, but I kind of like it." And a bunch of people on Twitter going like, "Yeah, they've been around for a while. You should go listen to their other stuff. It's really good." And you're like, you forget that there are all these like these musical black holes that you've never ventured into. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, entire yeah. sections of of music that you just didn't know exist. Like I still listen to. Um, like Slo- Slovenia's entry from 2019 is a uh, incredible, incredible track, and I still listen Slovenia to Slovenia from 2019. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that. it was. I'm pretty sure it was Slovenia. I think it was anyway. But it was like this, like like kind of ambient chill hop track with like the two people. And it was like a did on a guitar and a woman that you you'd know it if you heard it from two years ago. But like I still listen to that. Oh, it was this. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, I remember that. Um, and yeah, it is Favorite. one of those moments where you're like, yeah, this Goey band apparently are huge, and I've just never heard of any of them. Like, I think it was. Oh yeah, um, yeah that's, that's that's what Eurovision's good for. It's being like, what what's going on in Moldova? Like, what's, yeah, what's right. their um, their whole thing? What's their deal? Hey, apparently San Marino are super into Florida. Still, I mean, who is it? Who isn't? To be honest, true, true. You're right. Who isn't into? Florida? Doesn't everybody like Florida deep down in their heart somewhere? But... I did have this moment where I was like, oh yeah, like. Florida got famous for, and then trying to remember a track that Florida headlined, where I didn't think that for a while that his name was actually uh, featuring Florida. Um, the good feelings of Florida track is it? I thought, sure. Is that not? Yeah. Is that not him? Is that not like a DJ track plus him? Is that not? Hang on, no, that's a Florida song. Yeah, okay, that's a Florida sure. song. I, I like, like I was saying last night when we were talking about this, the amount of, um. SummerSlam themes that Florida has either written or featured on is fucking staggering. Like, it is does, unbelievable how much Florida has shown up in wrestling. It's, does the WWE as a business exist without the state of Florida? Or is it just like... I don't... Ah, uh, God. Well, yeah, for both for both hosting it without COVID restrictions and for Florida. Yeah, yeah like, it seems like that entire thing goes just disappears if Florida Yeah, without exist, Florida, yeah, they really need... They really needed Florida this year, especially. And oh, maybe yeah. Florida, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. I don't understand how Florida exists, but like, yeah, he's apparently doing well for himself. I also really appreciate. Uh, he apparently, apparently, really likes hanging out in San Marino. Which San Marino, yeah, you know, yeah, he probably owns part of San Marino or something like that. I don't know, but I really liked actually the. I've not uh, been to San Marino. Maybe it's nice. I don't know. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, yeah. They, I really liked their, um, like you know, like normally near while they're while votes are happening, they do some kind of like host country based performance and like the one this year yeah, yeah, was yeah. on that fake bridge done with AR and I was like and they did they did um thingy um not bulletproof what's the name of that song? Um uh, Titanium. Titanium. Um yeah. with I assume like, I assume because they were talking about him being like a uh internationally regarded DJ. Right. I assume like, he is the DJ behind Titanium. I well, assume no, that's his because Titanium is a is a David Guetta song. I'm reasonably sure. Oh right, well and that, I don't and that know DJ why did Titanium then. And that DJ quite clearly wanted to be David Guetta. Um, and you're just like, oh yeah, you're correct. It is David Guetta. Okay, yeah, it's okay. it's him and um, and Rihanna, right? So uh, yes, yeah. it was Sia, wasn't it? It was Sia. No, Titanium. That was I remember the video. It was I'm pretty sure it was Rihanna. I thought it was Sia. Hang it on. could be. I can't remember. But, David Guetta, um, Titanium featuring Sia. Oh, go. okay. Really? 
Okay. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that like, song came out in 2011, you... Yeah. Ten years ago was that song. Yeah. Um, the fuck? Yeah. But yes, that guy quite clearly wanted to be David Guetta, and I thought it was really funny yeah. that that was the song they did. And I was like, okay, awesome, excellent. Also, Afrojack is from the Netherlands, which is also mm. a thing I didn't know. Mm. Okay, sure. That was um, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was genuinely good to have... That was a genuinely good evening, and I... People who don't already should follow Chris Addison on Twitter for a number of reasons, but also like his Eurovision coverage on Twitter is one of the greatest things about that show every year. He just he knocks yeah, it apart he's every very, he's single very fucking good. year. Yeah. I still every time I think of the phrase um, Gianni's addiction, I crack up again. It's just it's, it's yeah, excellent. It was very good. Um, but yeah, we should we should we should get onto. I'll, I'll also quickly say before we start talking about video games. Don't don't watch Army of the Dead. Just don't do it. Like don't don't watch that movie. It's it's not good. And I, mean, I don't that was, understand how Zack Snyder keeps getting to make films. But I mean that was it's... literally our plan for tonight until you oh, don't, told don't us. watch it. It it's seems not it's, good. Like it seemed dumb in the right ways. Is it just no? Not? It's dumb in the wrong way. Like uh... it's dumb in the very wrong way. It's it's dumb in the right way for about four minutes at the start, and that's it. Okay, that's kind of it. Yeah, was it was it you? I was having the conversation that like Dave Bautista has never been in a bad movie. I mean, you're wrong, but that's... I know because it was like two. Because I, I originally, because in my head it was like, oh, it's it's Guardians and Blade Runner, right? And then I was like, oh no, he did that one where he was like protecting a kid, like he had like a nanny style thing, yeah, same way the Rock did, which Bush, was bad. Bushwick was Bushwick, also terrible. That was the other one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't want. Oh, Bushwick's God, that movie's so bad. But yeah. and then now this. Is he good at it, yeah. at least? No, like, he's just Dave Bautista. Like, that's all he is. Like, he okay. gets... He gets maybe... He gets screen time, obviously, but, like, when they get into Vegas, obviously a lot of his dialogue is like, oh my god, it's the zombies! And, like, it's not... There's no there's no depth there, you know what I mean? Like, right, okay. It's like, one of his best scenes is him screaming and firing a grenade launcher. Like, that's not excellent. acting. That's, yeah. But, like, I, I, I do appreciate the man has range. Like... His his yeah, I mean, yeah like it goes from like genuinely poignant performances and stuff like Blade Runner to be like yo here's my grenade launcher like yeah you know the man is range and I was like, like, I, the the one thing that could have saved the movie I'll give you is if Dave Batista did a wrestling move on a zombie right. that would have saved it I would have I would have popped off and went okay you should watch this movie but didn't. <laughs> that that was and it I, okay yeah like literally, literally if I had seen him Batista bomb uh, a zombie. I would have lost my mind and said people probably should watch that movie, but he didn't, so don't watch it. That's the <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, part of me is interested to, to see it, even to scrub through it a little bit for the technical achievement of getting um, Tignataro in there, like in CG form, or like mm. when they had to green screen her into all of these scenes. Yeah. Um, the screenshots I saw were not good. It's, but, the, it's just not great. I'm yeah. interested it's to see good. it in motion, though, like, to see how bad oh, it actually it's... is. <laughs> it's weird okay. sometimes. Um, there's also, like, like, there, there's, a, like, there's, like, an animated pre, not prequel, like, in, like, interval sort of thing, mm. and they're, they're, like, planning stuff around this movie, and it just doesn't deserve it. Like, there's a there's a massive plot hole in Army of the Dead, right? Like, a right. huge plot hole that doesn't make any fucking sense, and they don't talk about it. 
but there's a quote from Zack Snyder in an interview of him talking about it being like, mm, I don't know, man, maybe we'll talk about it somewhere else. I'm not sure. If you look at it like this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck you, Zach. Like, your movie doesn't deserve this. Was, like, this the ar- was, this, was this the article that I saw doing the rounds that was like, Zack Snyder has some incredible ideas for Army of the Dead 2? Is that... Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I, I only saw the screenshot of him, the quote about that specific thing. Oh, okay. Um, it was marked as spoiler, so I didn't look at it. So, yeah. okay. Uh, I'll, I, if you if you do end up watching it, we'll talk about it after it. But okay. otherwise, you should... Otherwise, when you get to the point where you realise you're not going to watch it, talk to me about that movie and I'll tell you about it. Because okay. Because... Fair there is some fucking wild shit going on in Zack Snyder's head that I it made me insane. But okay. yeah, it's, yeah, good. That sounds accurate. That sounds believable. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you can tell from our extended intro, there wasn't a lot of video games to talk about, but we'll get to yeah, some of them. some stuff. But yeah, there's some stuff. Um, so I finished Resident Evil Eight, uh, Village, Vill- Village, wanted, Village. Alive. Yeah, um, that game's incredible. That game's really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's exceptionally dumb it goes some places doesn't it yeah really goes somewhere it really goes some places um it's exceptionally dumb in some ways that it gets away with somehow and i don't entirely understand why um because it's a resident evil game that's the yeah but like when you look at oh it's definitely the craziest resident evil game like but like it's, it's also the least self self-serious i think because like even if you like all of the Resident Evil games are dumb in their own ways, right? Like you look at like stuff yeah, like yeah, four, yeah. where you're like, these character, this makes no sense. No, no, like, none I'm, gonna of these- fight, I'm gonna fight this little sailor person yeah, that's this apparently person- three hundred years old, even though he looks like a nine year old. Like, but like yeah. even them, it feels like they take themselves a little bit self seriously at this point. Yeah. And then you look at something like seven, which was like, no, this is a serious horror game. Like it, mm. it like some mm. some wild shit happens, but it's a pretty serious horror game. But it's it's very survival horror. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then this is just like. Oh boy, like just, oh, yeah. Like there's, there's absolutely nothing I can say without talking yeah, about talk what about happens. It, yeah. But like, it's just, yeah. And like, they do so much. The thing I was surprised about is they actually fill in the parts of the parts of the. Yeah. Nar- they they mm-hmm. they they explain it. They explain yes. the things. That they, they explain a explain. lot of things. Yes. Yeah, in that game. And like, they're not. In crazy ways, but they explain yeah, it. But, yeah, but like in a way that's like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, fair. You know, in a way that you can, you can, you can get in, you can get in bed with. You're like, yeah, okay, that, yes, let's go with that. Um, I will say, like one, like again, like PSA tip thing. As you're leading up to the final boss, and you'll know, the sh- the merchant is open. I missed him the first couple uh, of times I tried to okay. run at that boss and was like, I have no resources. How the fuck am I supposed to do this? And you just have to turn around to where you start that section and he's right there and I just completely missed mm. him. And then suddenly right. that fight got a lot easier. That, yeah. That'll be the only thing I'll say. But like, yeah, that game is that game is really, really good. And I need to get into the... I need to try Mercenaries because I haven't really got into that mode before. Yeah. Um, also, like... <sighs> So if you buy that game on on PS5, and I can only talk about PS5 because that's all I have, the PS5 interface is still a fucking nightmare for this kind of thing. Mm. But anyway, so the PS5 interface organizes stuff by game, not like platform, not by like specific 
release of thing. It's like Resident Evil Village has a page and then you hit the three dots and it's like, here are all of the sub packages for everything called Resident Evil Village, right? So when you buy five, you get the five version, you get the four version and you get Resident Evil Reverse, which is the the PS4, the multiplayer thing that they're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also I downloaded both of the demos previously. So you have these five items underneath all of them, all of which, when you select them, like have the same name, the same background. So you don't actually know the thing that you're... Yeah, you've got no idea what it's, the actual a, thing is. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so you're like, what? which one of these things do I actually need to download to get this working? But the th- So when you buy the game... The one nice thing it does do is once you actually go through the store and buy the game, it just puts all this stuff up. It's like, what do you want to download? Because there's a lot of stuff here. Like, choose what you want to download. And you go, okay, PS5 Resident Evil. And Reverse was there. It was like, okay, sure. I'll grab Reverse while I'm here. Reverse is like a 8 to 9 to 10 gig download. I can't quite remember what it is. And it currently does nothing. It is, you boot it up and it says this, uh, you, there's a main menu and you hit press, you, it says press start, you press start. And it says, this title is not active currently. Please come back later. Excellent. That thing is 10 gig. It's not like of a placeholder. Nothing. It's not like... It's not like there's some content there that's unlocked. It's just like, yeah, Reverse isn't ready yet. Like, they, they said it's not coming with yeah. 8. Which is why I was surprised that I could download it. I thought, oh, maybe they've got like a single player thing or something like that. It's like, no, there's nothing. It's a 10 gig wasted download. So Jeez. don't bother. Um, but, you know, uh, it's... Yes, we will talk about that game at the end of the year for sure because some mm. there's some mm. stuff in there that's just like yeah, and then watching the the mod community just have at that game is also oh, the, excellent. The, the speed the speed at which Lady Demetresk's face got replaced with Thomas the Tank Engine was it's um, staggering, yeah. blinding, blindingly fast. Yeah. Um, my favorite so far is the really subtle one. Well, not subtle. Subtle's the wrong word, but like the not complete changing ones where like. There's a mod currently where every time you look at uh, uh, her, her hat gets bigger, and it, <laughs> and it persists over the level. How so do like, you code that? That's I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Her hat is obviously yeah. a separate model, so you just scale that as a trigger. Like as, a, as yeah, like as a as a fraction of like time must in be frame or like other. But yeah. it must be. But like yeah, every so like. It's somehow more terrifying when you're going down a hallway and the door opens and this giant hat with tiny legs just comes through the door. It's very on brand for Resident Evil. Um, but no, I, I, it's unfortunate there's not a lot I can say about that game. Well, I, I can talk mm. mechanically. Like, it is definitely a game that... I, I, I am not the first person to have said this, but it is a game that wants you to finish it. It is a game that wants you to see all of that game. Like, it, it's not... There's not a huge amount of, like difficulty spikes or like real hardcore like no get good shit in there like it wants you to see that game yeah it's a fairly flat it's not flat as like linear wise like yeah yeah, yeah linear. it's linear but it does also have a lot of like the exploration stuff is kind of good like i mean fuck those brazier puzzles but apart from that like <laughs> um like the the early on early on like three hours or something into it yeah. they have like the oh by the way there's a bunch of treasure all over the place that is all these like little side things and little side puzzles and all this kind of stuff that like you get like a better gun or like a really high value thing you can sell or, or all this yeah. kind of stuff um so there is a, a good bit of like off the beaten path exploration stuff that i, I really liked um 
and the the kind of overall structure of the thing where it is this kind of like hub and spoke style design of like the four things are off the main village and you can go back through them and go see them and all this kind of stuff um don't i get all the other psa i'll I'll do because i fucked this pretty badly don't sell your the the meat ingredients until you you know what to do with them yeah because you can get them before you know what to do with them right and you don't get them back like they don't mm. respawn, so I feel just... like I feel like a lot of these PSAs of you playing Resident Evil Eight, the village are you trying to justify to yourself that you're bad at video games. Like, oh, this the... is this is given. This is a given. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And also, like, I actually it plays really well, which is the other part of it I didn't expect. Like, it actually is a like it's it's not Apex, right? Like, it's not that kind of shooter. Yeah. But like, it does a pretty good job of you feeling like the right level of helpless where you're like yeah you're still just a dude with a gun with all these werewolves running mm. at you which are mm-hmm. also like staggeringly good at dodging like at just the right time where it feel it does have that like like horror movie feel of like the protagonist just emptying a clip and the the creature just dodging out of the way constantly like it has that really good panic feel in it um but just by the design of the creatures and stuff like that um, and it just fuck me that game looks incredible like oh, well yeah, okay yeah. like 90% of that game looks incredible there are occasionally some really weird like texture issues um, like the you know the the um, the number locks like the ones that there's a couple of like six, six digit locks yeah. you have to put in yeah 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 I don't know if this is a PlayStation thing or a PS5 thing or not I don't know but like the texture on those locks and like the numbers is like super low res for some reason mm. mm-hmm. um like that kind of stuff but like 99 percent of the time that game just looks staggering like parts of that yeah, ca- that part- first that first shot um after kind of the intro bit where you see the village in the castle for the first time yeah it's like super ominous and really like creepy but at the same time has this kind of like gorgeous eastern european architecture and stuff like that is really amazing there, yeah. there, there are sections of of castle dimitrisk that is like like they go beyond pt levels of of like photorealism like there's, there's yeah a, there's a particular yeah. hallway which sounds super dumb but there's a particular hallway there's like a right hand turn and there's a window with like a kind of neck curtain in front of it and like mm. the light comes through the curtain in just the right way it reflects all of, all of the shiny stuff in a way you would expect like everything just fits at that point where you're like this could it, as cliche as it sounds like this could be a photo it's just staggering that oh yeah thing. for sure yeah yeah um yeah it's it's very cool um i i really really like that game and also yeah that like seven got some pretty decent dlc as well right like uh yeah the, like the crest dlc was really good uh there was the the zoe dlc was pretty good yeah um Mainly the Chris one because that was like the actual epilogue to the game. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they could do some. The, the, they could definitely do some stuff with this that that could be yes, interesting. They absolutely could. Yeah. Um, and I'm 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 glad Resident Evil has legs again. Like I'm glad that mm-hmm. they they found they found they a, found a to formula do that, that works. Well. Unless like like they decide that this is the tie up to the story, right? And then try and do something else in nine, like well, go I, some I, other direction, but. I saw the argument um, this week that like Resident Evil just becomes like a horror anthology because yeah, like you sure. like you look at seven and eight and they're wildly different games like with wildly different like 
gameplay styles. So like turn this into like like the Dark Pictures anthology. Like turn that into mm-hmm. like a kind mm-hmm. of a more actiony horror thing. Um, but all still in the Resident Evil world. All so still the Resident Umbrella Evil world. turns up at some point. Yeah, and also like because of the the lore that they've set up with a lot of the stuff, like the rules you have to abide to are staggeringly low. So you could just be yeah. like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do this. Okay, fine. Um, I'll also say like the parts of that game where they acknowledge, not acknowledge, they there's a lot of especially after that initial demo and the stuff that they've been showing of that game they're like oh they're leaving seven behind and are going for a more actiony route there's an entire yeah. section of that game that's like no they very much know that seven did well for them in a particular style of game like basically that entire dollhouse sequence is just like yes like, yeah like genuinely fuck that like as a person who is a giant silent hill fan like actually fuck Wait, that you're, you're i, I kind of don't want to i don't want to say the sentence i'm gonna say okay uh, so, yeah. well, as, as a spoiler reason or like yeah spoiler yeah, reasons. okay fair <laughs> enough but yeah like that whole section is like it's the reason why i like i'm sure i've talked about this bit before but the reason i like silent hill, silent hill is like psychological horror it's not jump scares it's like yeah, we are using you out and fucking with your head. Yeah. yeah, like we are using horror to tell the story. Like all of like all of two, all of Silent Hill two is like manifestations of of his like James's psychological problems with like totally. sex and relationships. Exactly, and like all and all stuff, of, yeah. that entire game ties into that, and it all makes sense, and it's good for that. As was as is three, as is four, um, yeah. but like this is like this does that. But, like, in a much more... But they do that also, and then also add the tension-heightening pseudo-jump-scare stuff in there as well yeah. that yeah, they yeah, take yeah. from Seven. And it's just, like, it's... And it's first person, which, for me, just, like, ramps up to 12. Like, I can't... But yeah, first person is always going to be scarier than yeah, third person. Like for sure. Yeah. And they just they just go for it and like, in a way that almost feels like it was made by a different like part of the part of the development mm. team like it feels mm. like they brought somebody in that was like hey we need you to do this section and then come back it's like you like i was watching the the no clip documentary for um dishonored uh, Dishonored 2 yeah. specifically um yeah. and i really enjoyed that like because one of their one of their level designers like used to be uh where did he come from he was like a map designer like he made he was like a fan map designer or something like that and then they hired him in but like the entire clockwork house section was basically that one guy's job for the entire development cycle and it's a right, massively yeah. complicated level and like but that was his like that was his focus for that entire thing and it feels yeah. like they got somebody in who's like this is yours you're good at scaring the living bejesus out of people like you do this we'll worry about the rest of the game and it works flawlessly like it's so yeah. It's been a while since I've had a section that was that tense. Um, yeah, it's excellent. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil's good. Uh, I look forward to mm-hmm. seeing what they do with it. Um, and then very quickly, the other thing I've been playing is Hard Space Shipbreaker, um, where, which was a game that I had wanted to get into for a while. I just never got around to it. And then they put out their first, like... The game's in early access as well. It's on um, 
steam at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out their first like act one of their narrative part with like voice acting and stuff like that. So they're actually starting to add story into that game. Um, so I was like, okay, fine, this would be the time that, to actually get into it and, and see what it yeah. is. Games, the games, games, cool. It's it's strange. So it is you are working for a company that uh, working for a corporation who whose entire job or part the part of the corporation that you work on basically breaks apart old spaceships and um, pulls them apart and then like melts down all the different components and resells them and that's how they make their money. They're basically scrapyards. Right. Yeah. 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 But the the interesting the gameplay implication of it is that you have to work out how to take these ships apart, right? And they are they're not. I mean, the ones I have at this point, they're not giant things, but they're they're reasonably big things. And you have to. Yeah. It starts with like, okay, you need to just learn the basics of like all the panels of the ship are held together by these cut points that are quite clearly marked as cut points, and you can laser through them, and bits of it will start popping off, and then sorting, okay, this goes to this place, this goes to this furnace, this goes to this furnace. These things are, like, electrical components or, like, specialty components that we can resell as is, so they go to a different place. And it's this kind of very chill kind of, like, I'm just going to start pulling this stuff apart and organizing it and, like... It's it's a really kind of relaxing experience, actually. Yeah. And then they start throwing in, like, power systems, which is when it starts to get wild. Complicated. So, yeah. So, like... Because I saw that thing when I, when I was looking at it, I think I might have looked at it at a later point where they were talking about, like, power lines and, like, airlocks and stuff like yeah. that, where you have to, like, depressurize rooms. And, so, yeah. they throw power stuff onto it, which is like, okay, there are power... Basically, like, giant capacitors, like, giant batteries in, like different parts of the ship mainly mm. in like the inaccessible like wall parts of it that you need to crack bits open um and you can pull them out and they go into the special like resell section but you have to pull them out and not damage them because if you damage them they probably still have energy in them and that starts electrifying parts of the ship which makes it much more difficult for you to get in there to start cutting bits apart so you need to kind of carefully like um like kerplunk your way that thing out of the ship to then get it get rid of it and you have to do it in that in a specific order as well where like it's very easy for you to like cut through this thing accidentally with the laser and then it fucking explodes and takes out yeah. half the ship with it and that kind of stuff and then they add airlocks where the ship itself is like internally pressurized and has not been unpressurized yet. So you need to like go through the airlock properly to depressurize it from the inside and then open, start opening it all up. Or what happens is you go, Oh look, a door you slice through the door and get blasted back out into space by the pressure and get thrown against like parts of the ship and worse comes to worse. Like the, the pressure will like, blow a fuel tank off the wall that will slam into another part of the, the ship and blow that up as well um so so there's all of that stuff and then on top of that they, they add nuclear reactors like the main reactor type on these ships once you detach the reactor from the coupling on the ship it basically starts to melt down so you need to yank it off its coupling get it outside the ship and then blast it into the like the safety yeah. zone before it all melts down or it's just complete fucking chaos and also like be very careful to not smack it off the side of the ship or any of that kind of stuff like it's it, they add a lot of complexity on top of that um 
it's really cool. I, I I really like what they've done. Like it's still early access, obviously, and it's it can be a little bit buggy sometimes, but like they have really good framework there for adding a adding a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of flexibility they can go with this, and already the mechanics that are there really do kind of make you think about how you need to take start taking this stuff apart. And like, yeah, they have a lot of really good moments early on where you're like, okay, I know how to deal with this. This is fine. Like, you crack the back off the ship and you take the power cells out to remove all the power from the ships, and nothing's going to be electrocuted. Cool. Blast them all into like the safety zone, and you're like, okay, now I need to worry about depressurization. Okay, cool. And you go up to the airlock to open the airlock, and the airlock doesn't work because you've removed all the power from the ship. And you're like, oh, ah, fuck. right, okay, right, okay. So the next time I do this, I need to make sure I depressurize first before I start pulling stuff out of there. You need um, to do what, um, like every every like person that does this like for a living and like all the things is like make a checklist and have a kind of yeah like. Red regimented flow through work path of like these are the things I need to do in this order to make yeah. sure everything goes okay. And, and especially yeah. be- especially because there's when they start opening up some of the, the the weirder ships where they're like there's one that's like a I think it's like a research ship or something like that, but it's like it's got um there's two things that make it different from the others. One is like the the thruster part or the back end of the ship is has like a habitation model module like suspended inside the thing to isolate it from the outside. So you don't just like cut through a wall and you're there. Like there's like an air gap in the middle that you need to remove it from and then pull the whole habitation module out to then yeah. get in at that and do all this kind of stuff. And also it's got um, like rings around the central part of it, which I assume are like either fuel or like gravity generation or something like that. But you can't, you can split them. Like theoretically you could just cut through them into halves and then just throw the halves in but you get more money if you don't damage them so what you end up having to do is like cut the cut points and then like remember those um like the electricity game with the hoop that you have to not buzz the sides oh yeah you end up doing that to get this hoop off the the ship oh fantastic yeah Yeah. it's that kind of stuff um yeah because the whole thing is like they have a bunch of these mechanics then they can start generating some really interesting ship designs that really make you work for it and then on top of all of that, they've got this um they've got this risk reward system where um your shift is timed. So you so you have to get as much money out of the ship as you can in your shift. And every time you do you start a shift, because um the corporation charges you for renting all your equipment. So you end up with this weird situation where like what if nightmare I, future yeah exactly the, like nightmare future like the whole story that they're adding to that thing is literally about the shipbreakers trying to unionize and the corporation trying to stop them from doing it it's super cool um but the the risk reward thing is like okay if i do another shift because you decide when you're done with a ship um so every time you come back every time your shift ends and you go back to your 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 hub you have to th- think about it and go like okay will I get enough money out of this ship for another shift that will counteract the money I have to pay to rent all my equipment? So you have to always be making profit or it's just not worth it anymore. And you have to, you you start, you start kind of analyzing this stuff because, because obviously like when you're done with a ship, like the ship stays in the state it was when you left it. Um, so you have to be like, okay, can I get enough money out of the ship to, to, for it to be worth it to, 
um, to go back and, and, and do another, another shift in it. So you end up mm. doing all of this internal math and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's super cool. The like evil corporation stuff in there is... It's kind of similar to... What was that other game? Satisfactory. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the start of that. There right, was, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's like, yes, like, like anytime you get electrocuted by accident and it's like your suit will come over and it says like, you've been electrocuted. We Studies have shown that electrocution reduces efficiency of shipbreaking. And you're just like, it's that yeah. kind of level of stuff. And it's like, it's yeah, really yeah. well done. And like the voice acting is really good. And the other characters in it so far are pretty good as well. So... um. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. And it is quite, it's definitely a good, uh, like, podcast game or, like, second monitor game, for sure. Yeah, your second monitor game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I kind of imagine that's what it would be for, like, if you want to watch a show or whatever, you can just break these chips apart. It does a lot of that, but also, like, when shit goes bad, like, it goes bad back very quickly. Like, you can get in some real... Oh, yeah, sure. There are definitely points where I'm like, well, this ship is fucked, and you just leave it. Like, you're just like, nope, can't deal with any of this. This is all just shrapnel now oh dear yeah um, yeah this is not worth it yeah it's cool that's hard base, hard space ship breaker which i think is only on steam right now because it's on um early access early access but yeah yep. so what about yourself i know there's i know one thing that I can also yeah so the, help. The, the two main things um first one is uh new destiny season um mm. so season of the oh, splicer boy. is the new one season I can't even remember. I want to say 14. It's maybe 15. Sure. Can't remember. Um, yeah, Season of the Splicer. Um, so this season I don't revolves... play. I don't play oh. Destiny anymore, but yeah. watching this season in particular has been kind of heartbreaking. Like for people who care about Destiny, where it's like, it seems like everyone is coming back with like, there's some stuff about this season that's really good. But also, fuck, <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah, I'll I, yeah, yeah. I, I'll get into this because because that needs to be talked about. Yeah, um, so this season revolves around um, the Vex have started a simulation on the tower that can you is called it, the. Can you explain yeah. to me in very simple terms because I'm an idiot? When yeah. the Vex say they are running a simulation, yeah. to me that says. On some piece of hardware somewhere, they are doing a bunch of calculations to work out yeah. whether something would work. But when yeah. they say running a simulation, like they create physical things and they start shooting. Like, I what what is a simulation in Vex terms? A Vex simulation because these people because the Vex are uh, they're like timeless robots that can basically they basically sit and run simulations into every possible ability and every timeline. Yes, they can. They're, they're trying to simulate a situation to get a specific result, but they have access to where they can manifest that in the real world. It's it's a weird sort of okay. ability that they have where they're, they're simu- their powers of simulation, basically, because they can adapt with the darkness, can manifest their simulation into the real world. Gotcha. Which is like, they go, okay, what happens? In this season, for example, they go, we run a simulation that says, what happens if we block out the sun and make sure the sun never rises? Yeah. They think that that leads to them winning in some way, but oh, so rather story. than rather than simulating in software, they simulate in hardware by actually yeah. just blocking out the fucking. Yeah, they sun. just they, they okay. just they just simulate it to where the sun doesn't rise. Okay, so it's now okay. it's called the Eternal Night, and um, the Ikora realizes there's a Vex simulation by talking to Osiris, and the only person that can really deal with it um, because of the way that Vex simulations work, you need. A, the ability to basically like commune with the Vex to like pull apart their simulation effectively, sure. um, 
And the only people that can do that are the, the ancient splicers of the Fallen, who were the the people that communed with the machine spirit and like learned right. how to make all the big Fallen machines. Yes. And there's not many of them left. And one of them is Mithrax, who is the Kel of the House of Light. Which who has is been the in the fallen, story before. Been in the story since D1. Yeah. Um, is... Has he was a big part of the um, the zero hour quest? Like he was a big part of the Titan quest line in Base D two, and then he turned up again in the zero hour quest, which is the quest to get Outbreak perfected. Yes, um, I remember that. And now he's back as an actual character. He is the so he's the Kel of the House of Light, which are a group of a splitter group of fallen who basically have decided that instead of fighting humanity to try and get the Traveler back, which is what the fallen have always wanted they want the great machine which is the traveler um they realize that everybody can exist in the traveler's light and so can live in harmony with humanity um so like the good fallen effectively so the quest the story of the season revolves around mithrax being mithrax and the house of light being welcomed into the the last city and us working with mithrax to Basically, hack Vex simulations and pull them apart from the inside. That's the the whole right. onus of the story. Um, that manifests itself in the the new season activity, which is called Override, which is was really funny because I did it a bunch of times and then messaged you and said, "You know nothing about Destiny. Tell me what the new seasonal activity is." And you said, "Is it Gambit?" And it's Gambit. It's That's Gambit, exactly right? Yeah, yeah. You kill. You kill things that drop... You're basically trying to, like... It's weird. You're basically trying to, like, DDoS attack the Vex network. Yeah. You're, you're trying to overload the Vex network with data to the point where it breaks and makes a, a hole, basically, in the Vex Fair. simulation. So you you kill things to pick up moats, which are data, Vex data, and you dump it into this well, and eventually the well opens into the Vex simulation, which is effectively Tron world. Yep. Um, it's big, blocky world, bright neon colours... Um, it looks cool. The manif- like the pictures yeah, I've seen look super cool. It's the manifestation cool. of there was a design doc that came out a while ago that was them talking about how said we want to change the look of the Vex because yep. the Vex are all greys and browns and really dull. Yeah. So this is them, I think, starting that of like actually it's like neon pinks and bright greens and all that stuff. So it's yeah more techy. Yeah. Um, you get in there. There's a bunch of jumping puzzles to do. Um, you get to a final boss, which is like the core of the Vex network. And those bosses do different things or require different things to kill them. So you do like little mini games and uh, and then you kill the boss and you get loot and you leave. That's the the core thing. Yep. It's all it's all done via the Splicer Gauntlet, which is like a fallen artifact that Mithrax gives you that's similar to the hammer from last season, right. where you you feed data to it to make keys to get into the Vex network, but then you can also feed it to power up the gauntlet to like give you more rewards gotcha. or like yeah, yeah. you can hold on to more resources that sort of thing it seems to be how they're handling seasonal activities now is with we have this unique artifact that you need to level up stuff yeah yep. yeah um so it's, it's it's a pretty cool activity like it's fun it's it's not um it's at least different where the boss does different things every time and there's different I mean, maps and stuff i mean it's not though right like it but is it's, yeah but it's the same shit as always like it's, like yeah for, for like oh it the more I see of this, the more I'm confused about how fucked technically that game must be, right? Because they can... Yeah, I... Yeah. Because they can... The things that they're obviously... The things that the engine is obviously good at, or the things that the engine 
is does, has accounted for so stuff like mm. new equipment so like every year every season like the new guns the new armor all that stuff like they do a really good job of that stuff it all looks great it all animates yeah. awesome like, and they got the the new the new seasonal guns are very good like the they, new yeah. rifle's great the new pulse rifle's great yeah that scout rifle yeah. you sent us was was excellent um oh yeah i'll get i'll get back to that That's yeah the, yeah and then the but the like the logic like the the logic part of that engine like the mechanical part of that engine it's uh, we will never know or at least not while yeah, destiny well, is a, I'll, I'll never know yeah while destiny is a thing we will never know but like the idea mm. that's like it is so difficult for us there are one of two situations it is either it is so difficult for us to put a new game game logic in this game yeah that we just like we have gambit and like okay replace moats with data and replace the bank with well with a well and yeah, yeah, yeah. we already have those portals that, that send you to another section of the level anyway, so let's just reuse that. Like, the fact that they just cobble together all of this stuff already mm-hmm. and just reuse it in a different form. But again, visually it looks different, but logically yeah, yeah. it's the same. Like, either they can't do that easily, based on everything they've talked about that engine, or... Yeah. They just don't feel like they need to, which is somehow worse. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but I like, don't know. No idea. It astounds me that thing. It really does. I, it astounds everybody that plays yeah, it as well. I'm sure. Um. So yeah, that's so that's the kind of the core of the thing. There, are, there's, there's stuff around the periphery that they've done as well. That um, they're also still doing. About where... They're also still doing oh, yeah. the like, uh, like story chunk every week thing, right? Yeah. So they're they're, they're doing their their living world thing, where it is like every week there is a new chapter of the story that involves like cutscenes and dialogue and new stuff to see every week to go in. So that it basically drives you into doing the loop so that you can see the story stuff. Right. Um, which is cool. This is one of the things that they're doing where, um, this is what Ewan was talking about where people were saying, holy fuck, where, so because the story revolves around a group of fallen uh, being let into the last city. And the fun, the fun thing about it is that the bit that they get given, which is now called the Elixney Quarter, is um, the end arena for the Scourge of the Past raids where you fought the big fallen robot. So they get given yes. that part. It's really cool. Um, cause I, I, I turned up there for this big cutscene and was like, wait, I know this place. I fought and knew it was the big robot. And I was like, oh, it's this place. Okay, I've cool. been here before. Um, yeah, I've been here many times trying to get an anarchy. That was uh, great. Um, yeah, so it's, because it's about fallen being let into the last city... Uh, there are a lot of people with um, very charged emotions about the Fallen <laughs> being let into the final city. Um, so the one that gets a lot of screen time or has got a lot of screen time is Lakshmi 2, who is the the exo leader of the Future War Cult, who are yes. one of the factions within the last city. They use Vex Tech to effectively look into the future. That's their whole bag. Yep. And uh, Lakshmi 2 has apparently communed and looked into the future and seen... The final city in ruins on fire, and this final group, this this specific group of Electney, the House of Light, standing in the middle of all of it, right. and that's kind of all she said, and has therefore been not too welcoming to the fallen. Has been like, was there and was like, oh yeah, I represent the city. Akora said we need to share resources with you and give you this quarter. We'll do that, but we'll do nothing else. You're on your own, and just sort of walked away, right. uh, and. Any time that you could talk to her, not in the presence of Mithrax, like through communications or whatever, she 
talks about how you can't trust them and they're going to stab you in the back and they're just here to take resources and blah 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 and then it got really bad where it was already kind of awkward where it was like I'm not sure I like this kind of like slightly racist rhetoric that's going on here um, yeah space racism but you know let's let's see what happens this week revolved around Saint-14 interacting with Mithrax so he was your your comms operator for the override this week um and Saint Fourteen has a history with the Fallen. Uh, he yep. at the at, after the Battle of Toilet Gap went on his crusade to basically try and murder all the Fallen houses. Yep. Um, and so doesn't like Fallen too much. Weird. And so weird. At the end of the at the end of the quest line this week, there's a big confrontation between Mithrax and Saint Fourteen, where he uses let's say, familiar racist rhetoric to try and uh, make it seem like the Fallen are not great, where yep. it is like, um, oh, like, like we're, we're doing this at the kindness of your heart, like, nobody's actually here because they want you to be here, we're just doing this because we have to, and all that stuff. And the best line in it, which was, at the end, after, like, him trying to do all that, and Mithrax being, like, genuinely very honest and just like no we're doing this because we need to help you otherwise we stop existing and we all die mm-hmm. like we're, we're here to live like that is what we're here for um and saint 14 goes oh but if it was me and i turned up to your fallen city you wouldn't expect to bow to all of my demands would you and mithrax says we would give you everything that we want that you would want and mm-hmm. he would say and he said why that can't be true and blah blah, blah. And he said because if we didn't you'd kill us like that's the right that, that's yep. the truth of the matter and yeah it's just this it is really it's really like people are really space racist in D2 there are a lot of like space racism uh, and it's 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 interesting because it is like like this reflective of current like current discourse in the world right but at the same time it is it really awkward because like, I bet it's, it's this really awkward thing of like very ob- very obvious racism to this person who legitimately just looks like they want to help and have they it, yeah have they ever busted out the um your main character speaks again thing since that one moment in they did it in uh oh season of arrivals he spoke again right okay. um he said but- one word that was it. But like your like your character has nothing to say particularly about nope. all of the space racism happening. Your ca- your character doesn't speak about it. Okay. The, only, the, the people that are the people that are on Mithrax's side are Osiris and Ikora. They're like, yeah, give them whatever they want. They can help us. Sure, it's fine. We can keep them. But everybody else is just like, ah, oh, they're they're fallen. You can't really trust them. Like, yeah, all that stuff. Like, like I, would, I can't remember um, if you said this or whether I imagined. I assumed that this line was in there somewhere, but it was like somebody saying. Oh no, not you! You're one of the good ones. Like, is it that kind of? No, no, no. That was no, no. It was. It's nobody has gone that far where it's right, like. Okay. It's not got to the point where people are like casually racist and then being like, "Oh no, but not you. It's fine." Yeah. Like people are either for it or they're really racist against the fallen. Gotcha. Like it's not. Okay. There's no middle ground. Gotcha. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's. It, I, I'm interested to see how the storyline does this. Like. If it's ever if it's a different person every week, is like everybody racist? I don't understand this, but like it's yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. it's yeah, but it's interesting. That's which, it's a cool Which puts them in an interesting story point, right? Where 
like is there a way they can take that story where like the fallen will actually fuck you like i don't know like cause, I, cause, I no idea because that's a that's a that's a dangerous place to go where you're like well you suddenly they were right the whole time exactly yeah. right that's the point yeah. like if they do turn around you and stab yeah, you that, in the back that's you're like what, that's what scares me is if at the end of the season there is a turn and mithrax does betray you for whatever i don't know why he would but like for whatever reason um then all the racists are like see we told you exactly kind of like vilifying racism you're like that's not that's not cool exactly but, uh, yeah i don't know be, the, the answer be... to that is we're two we're two weeks into the season so i've got no idea exactly um i guess they could do it in like the the, the way that like Mithrax just gets so much racist shit flung at him, where he's just like, "Ah, fuck this," and decides to kill everybody anyway. But or, or know, but... possibly even like the 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 worst way out of that is that like Mithrax and his group are like, "Thank you for your help" and all this kind of stuff, and then like his second in command goes, "Ah, well, we're here, we might as well murder all the humans," and it's like, "Oh no, yeah, no, no!" no. Yeah, like like we that. were all fine, but somebody's decided to. Well, make, that's well, that's know. they can't do that again because that's how they ended last season. Oh, really? <laughs> so okay. Yeah, Fair because enough. last season, last season, which was all about like Keitel and her like splinter faction of the Cabal. Um, right. The story, the story ended with like basically Cattle and Zavala made an agreement where they're like, we'll each send a champion to fight, and whoever wins basically has to do with the thing that the other person says, which is like, Kyle, if Kyle won, everybody had to bend the knee and basically become part of the Legion, but if Zavala won, Kyle left Earth and never came back and gotcha. all that stuff. But the season ended with obviously us winning as the Guardian. Of course. Them, Kyle and Zavala meeting and being like, let's, let's settle this and let's discuss the terms of this thing, and they're being a splinter group of the splinter group that want to kill Zavala. So a, like, sniper shot goes off and tries to take out Zavala's ghost. And Kyle is standing there going, wait, I didn't plan this, this isn't me, and, like, that sort of thing. So I don't think they could do that twice in a row. Yeah, that's Um, fair. That's fair. That'd be weird. That's fair. Um, Other quick things this season. uh, Vault of Glass is back. I watched the day one. I've not played it yet. I I intend to either play it today or early next week. But Mm -hmm. the... I watched the day one stuff. It's really interesting, and I really like what they've done, where the core of the raid is the same as it was in D1, but they've made mechanical changes um, in the right way, where it's like, it's the same mechanics that you'd remember, but they're different. And it was really funny watching people do day one and them trying to do strats from D1 and having the game go, nah, that doesn't work anymore. Because they know, them. right? Like, Vault of yeah. Glass has been played so many they times, they know like, exactly what people do. It was the, the, the best one I saw was, like, um, an Atheon in the final fight. In D1, the, the, the damage phase was, like, everybody stands on the middle pillar and the, the shield guy puts the big shield up and everybody fires through the shield at Atheon. Yep. But in the new one, there is a, a mechanic where Atheon will... Uh, like trap a person like put a big bubble around them that they have to shoot out to like let the player free mm. so everybody was doing this with the d1 strat where they got everything in the two portals and then everybody jumped into the middle and the person got trapped and it trapped the whole raid team and no oh, one could get out and excellent. they were like ah this doesn't work anymore you can't do this excellent. <laughs> was like, good so it was really cool seeing yep. them like twist the little things on their head cool. um so yeah that i i'm excited to try it um because it it looks legit it looks like exactly what they said they would do which was they brought a d1 raid forward into d2 yeah and not just like copy pasted it they didn't just release it again yeah they've done a d2 raid pass on it and being like let's actually put mechanics behind this which is good so good i'm glad um but yeah continue playing that um do we want to talk about or do you want to take a break or do you want to let's 
uh, let's take a break then. Um, okay, just look sure. at the time. Um, so yeah, um, there, there's not a lot of new stuff to really do music from. So I'm going like mm-hmm. way, way, way back because I forgot I had bought this and I don't think we ever used it on here. But um, I bought it for some reason. Um, so uh, Mike Bithell's studio, which we've talked about on here a number of times, um, when he started his own studio and his own shorts stuff, he had the the circular games, which were like these miniature yes. these miniature um, narrative games. And the first one was Subsurface Circular, which was a super cool story that is like it's well worth picking up for like it's like an hour and a half or something like that of a really cool yeah. like. Um, cool, really cool robot storytelling thing. Yeah, very well done, and it really, it really cemented like, no, there's, there's some value in this. There's some real good stuff you can do with like a, with, with this kind of small, concise storytelling that's like visual novel esque. Um, and then Quarantine Circular, which was the follow up, is also excellent. But um, yeah, so I'm gonna play a song from that, um, the soundtrack on this, which is interesting as well because it is um, Dan Lasac, who's worked with quite a lot. Um, mm. For the music, who people might know outside of games as half of Dan Lasak versus Scroobius Pip, who is like the, the other the other half of that, who they released a bunch of um, music with. Um, but yeah, this is Red Flag from the um, Subsurface Circular soundtrack, and we'll be back with another game and a little bit of news after this. flag from the subsurface circular soundtrack check the post for links where you can pick that up and go look at those games on steam they're they're very cool um before we move on we should probably finish the destiny conversation because it doesn't make sense for us to talk about it in news the synth weave debacle mm. um, we, talk, well, we talked about that last time but yeah we talked it's... about it briefly last time where like with the transmog stuff mm-hmm. and and the kind of initial description of that not yeah. being great um nope. and then still isn't but yeah yeah so the the thing was going to be do they take any of this pushback into account when they actually release this thing and put it out and it sounds like no and it's also worse no the yeah the system got implemented exactly like they said it would and also worse yeah yeah so basically like super high level thing they 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 introduced this new currency or like currency progression in order to be able to transmog stuff. They basically said or it looked like the amount of stuff you were going to need to be able to. You could there was also a hard limit on like how much you could do, which didn't make sense. Yeah, so the, yeah, there was there was like ten per season, which didn't make any sense, and there was like multiple currencies to get to that point, which didn't make any sense either. And yeah, yeah. So then, as it came out, as 
I, I would say as Destiny people, but as like general MMO people would have a tendency to do, they did the math, right? And yep. the math is not good according so, yeah, to the, this. The thing, so the thing that, that killed it for a lot of people, other than the system being bad, the thing that killed it for a lot of people was that your your starting currency is this thing called Sil- Synth Strand, is yeah. the, the starting currency. At the time when they were talking about how the system would work, they say... They said send strands drops from killed enemies. That's what they said. Um, so they 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 were they, it was in like twabs and stuff like that. It's like send strand drops from things that you kill, and that's what you use to then get the bounties and all start your loop basically. Um, it came out, and then people did the math on it and found that not only was the the time to getting a full armor set transmod ridiculous. It was like twenty. Five hours, twenty six hours, something like that. I can't. Yeah, twenty five hours. I think they said twenty five hours. But the initial step of getting synth strand is not based on kills. Yeah, it is based on time played. Yeah, which is so you get one a minute or two every two minutes. I think is the specific synth strand drops every two minutes. Every two minutes, yeah. Um, Regardless of how much you kill like there was a comparison of like somebody went onto the edz and ran that first law sector you get when you drop in over and over and over again and got the exact same amount as a person who stood still for two minutes then killed one thing and got a sin strand yeah like it was it's which means that the the system as a whole now is entirely limited like there and, is enti- no... and entirely arbitrary right like that's yeah. the fact that they're now hard limiting it in another way is 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 something else right because like yeah so this is from the, the polygon article that talks about it um collecting 150 of anything from enemies isn't too hard guardians can mow down 100 or more enemies in a single 10 minute strike but after some testing mm-hmm. some players found that since strand had a timer on it you will get one since strand every two minutes of combat time which means you can't afk on a planet or in the tower to rack up since strand overnight uh, and specifically they, they referenced this tweet from the excellently named jp deathblade who owns today and destiny I think he's the runner of that. Sure, yeah, yeah. And he's also a Destiny mi- uh, data miner, where the the, t- the tweet basically says, since strands drop every two minutes and kills don't matter, you can hold 750 of them. You can hold 500 synth card and 15 synth weave, except for the one you buy with silver, which is a synth weave template, mm-hmm. which can stack up to 9 million. Mm-hmm. So it's it, like that. That's it's, what, what, it's what we said, where the 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 one that you buy for real money isn't part of this whole limited system loop. No, it, it bypasses it. everything yeah. and is completely arbitrary, and you can hold as many of them as you want. Like yep. the fact you can only hold fifteen of the the high level currency at once. Yeah, means you can't just you, you can't farm right. That which is the whole. Yeah, you can't point. like you can't sit sit on them and only use them when you want. Eventually, you're going to have to use it if you want to keep using the loop. Yeah, like that's yeah. So again, this is uh, this is Ryan Gillum at Polygon. Um, we decided to test it for ourselves and corroborated that has nothing to do with player efficiency. We ran around the EDZ killing enemies left and right and got two sin strand in the span of two minutes. The first that uh, the first at the start of two minutes and then the second exactly two minutes later. For our second experiment, we killed an enemy to get some sin strand. AFK'd in the Trustland Church for exactly two minutes, killed another enemy when the timer went off, and that second enemy immediately dropped to Synth Strand. Two minutes yep. apart exactly, both times, confirming that players aren't rewarded for killing more enemies. Yep. Um, so that's 30 Synth Strand an hour, which gives them enough to buy a bounty every five hours. And then that turns into, yes, 25 hours roughly to complete a fully transmogged outfit of helmet, helmet arm, chest, legs, and class item. Yep. So And then it's just 50 for two, and so on and so forth. Um 
which means that players who want to transmoke all 30 items in a season, 10 for each of their three characters, will need to grind for 150 hours. Yes. Um, so yeah, it not only is it exactly the same as people thought it was going to be, it's actually kind of worse. Yeah. And it actually, like, it's very easy to go down the, like, shitty gamer rabbit hole, right? But, like, they did actually not tell the truth about how the system worked, right? They said, yeah. they explicitly said it was tied well, to they're, kills. Well, they're, they're, they're technically not lying. Well, okay. All they, sure. all they said was that the, the Sin Strand is, is you get from killing enemies, which is true. You do get Sin Strand from killing enemies. But, but it's the implication limited. was that, yeah, the implication was that it dropped, like, Glimmer or, like, that sort of stuff where when you kill an enemy, it has a chance to drop it. Not... You get one at the start of two minutes, two minutes later you get another one, and that's it. Like so the, that's the only other argument I can see, which I don't even kind of believe myself, but is kind of a get out clause, where especially when you look at what happened yes well, the day before we we're recording this, where like you said, somebody did their first run on uh, Vault of Glass. Yeah. And Bungie put out a tweet that was like, There's a bug where you can push the bu- the the boss off a ledge. Yeah. If you use that bug that doesn't count for a first complete or whatever the world's yeah. first, whatever a it world is. world first, yeah. The only thing I can think of that would defi- that would back this up is that they are worried that there is going to be some exploit found that is an easy way to get Sin Strand, which blows away this entire economy, right? Like, if it wasn't two-minute limited... Like I mean, you could maybe, hold- yeah. Like, again, you could solve that by, like, hold only holding enough, I suppose, but, like, if somebody finds an exploit that is a way to generate Sin Strand, like, quickly... Yeah. All of the system goes away, but again, that only matters because they're selling silver-based. They're selling the other, the, yeah, the templates for money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if it wasn't, if that wasn't there, like who cares if you find an exploit? You're only really like you're only really fucking with yourself at that point. But yeah. because there's yeah, a yeah. silver version, yeah, um, yeah, it's Destiny continues to be fascinating in a way it's, that it's I just a don't weird thing. They not, the, the, the best thing about the Vogue world first was they not only had to put out that tweet that said you could push the boss off, and it was it had to be the final boss because there was no other boss you could push off a lead. Yeah. So it had to be Atheon. And they were like, we've discovered this exploit. Um, if anybody does it, your world first count thing gets discounted. Don't do it. Um, which, sure, fine. I can yeah. sort of understand that. But then the, the other one was the disabled a hunt the new hunter leg exotic before the vogue world world first because it's too good not because it was exploitable but literally just because it was too good and it probably would have ruined the world first raids and they were like yeah you can't use that either wow <laughs> that, was, that was really funny that's bizarre okay because sure. you saw it like the, the 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 destiny discourse like all the the content creators and stuff like that like days before it were like holy shit these legs it's like unreal it's like the new the new hunter like pve staple like you should be wearing this and blah blah and then a couple of days later the bungee were just like yeah we've disabled these uh can't use them (laughs) they're too good wow they're too good sorry and then that was it that's so crazy but yeah that's excellent um cool so i think the last game we can maybe briefly talk about because i mean well yeah there's not gonna be a lot to say about it but yeah yeah. mass effect legend edition came out yes um, i did so I've been watching, <coughs> excuse me, I've been watching my wife play through it. You've been playing mm-hmm. it yourself. Yep. Um, yep. Generally, it seems, so it's interesting for me because uh, as I'm sure I've said on here before, like I 
didn't play well i played like six hours of mass effect one and just couldn't get into it at all yeah, yeah. um so it's been interesting to see like oh yeah okay like there, there are parts of this game that are this game is pretty good like shocking right like this game's actually pretty but, good, yeah, yeah, yeah except yeah. that like mechanically it's maybe not great Thing, things that things that aren't the playing of mass effect yes. one are really good yes like the it it sets up the world really well it it does a good job of being like here is our new mythos like you get to meet all these new characters and yeah. you interact with them all like the 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 thing i liked which i didn't i didn't because i've not played mass effect one in several years i can now like look at it more as like an adult and like critically but the after you do the intro thing i need uh wherever it was even prime, prime um the fir- the first aliens that you interact with um when you get to the citadel are not other than the council but that's not yeah. like really interacting with them are not Turians or Asari or Salarians or any of the like the big council races. The first aliens that you actually interact with are Volus and Hanar. Right. And it's like yeah. no Volus and um Yeah the Hanar, right? Hanar, I think yeah. Is it Hanar? The, ones, actually, the, fucking... the ones that do the HK forty seven speak their emotion thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hanar. I think that's the Hanar. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I remember because I, I remember I... I remember we used to do impressions of Hanar. No, because Hanar Hanar are the floating jellyfish thing. Yeah, they're the ones that do the they but that's not, the, that's not the one that you meet because you meet them there's the two representatives there's like the Volus and then the big Elcor Elcor that's Elcor you're yeah. right yes yeah, yeah. sorry so the first people you interact with are Volus and Elcor which are like squat little dude in a gas mask outfit and then this huge brooding bulking thing that does the whole HK47 thing of saying like like salutation blah 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 or whatever yeah so it's not they don't put the main races up front. They no. introduce the weird side races, yep. which I really, really like because it makes you go, "Wait, what the fuck? Like, what is this world where this exists? Like, what is this relationship here?" Yeah. Um, but Mass Effect One, yeah, does still does the um, the early Bioware game thing of it's a lot of Shepard going around being like, "Tell me about the Quarians totally. or whatever." Yeah. Like, it's that. Yeah. It's, especially but, with um, the especially with the advances advances especially with like the like iterative design of rpgs since mass effect one came mm. out it does feel that much older when you're like you should probably know this being a person in this world right? yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. you should know I, who the fucking asari are like yeah, you shouldn't have right? to ask people like exactly yeah. and like again for the new you stuff especially should you especially as a human should know about turians because of the whole first contact war exactly thing. right and yet still uh Shepard they do a little bit of a good job where it's like he he doesn't straight up ask like tell me about the Turians it's like him being like I thought Turians were like this is it different it's subtly different where it, it implies he kind of knows about Turians but it is yeah it, it, it seems like you should just know but obviously that's not good for the player but yeah, yeah. and it, it like they get away with some of it because it does feel kind of like because movies are bad at this as well right but like it does feel vaguely movie-esque when you go down to Eden Prime and it's like, and the first person says, like, yeah, they're Geth. And somebody's like, yeah. well, the Geth haven't been seen in 5,000 years. Like, that's an important yeah, story yeah. moment. It makes sense in that context, even though probably everyone there knew them. And it was like, yeah. they, do, they do that thing. But it's definitely like, I'd forgotten how much that is a traditional Bioware RPG, where it's like, yeah. you need to exhaust this entire, or you can exhaust this entire dialogue tree to get all of this information is like it's that it's that get kind of game right like yeah, it, fe- yeah. it definitely feels better to play i think i don't know no. i no nope okay <laughs> that game that game feels exactly the same as it did which is like the 
the aiming and the shooting are really floaty and have no feedback and okay. like the like you actually doing damage to enemies is just like you might as well just be doing a math puzzle of like I'm watching this number go down. Like there's totally. no feedback on like gunfire or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, that that better um, give you. Maybe it's maybe it's using abilities. Like... Using abilities is so fucking taxing and like because there's an auto target, so you just miss your abilities half the time. And yeah, yeah. maybe it's helpful. Like, so it ends up just a... not. It may help that we're playing it on a controller, maybe, but like maybe yeah. I don't know. But I can't um, imagine the most keyboard is. is and yeah, the fucking the fucking inventory system sucks. Yep, still and, terrible. They didn't touch yeah. any of that, which was kind of the, the thing. The, like, the yeah, the thing the thing that I talked to a lot of people about Mass Effect One is like, yeah, it's a really good intro to a universe, and it's really well written, and some of the characters are great. Like the writing for like early, early Liara and early. Tally and like all these characters that I know develop and become other things yeah. is really interesting now in hindsight because you see like there are like Liara's a completely different character by the end of it. Even Mass Effect 2, she's a completely different character, yes. but it's it's it, it's interesting to see the origin point. And there's like yeah, it's a really basic main storyline, but there are cool side stuff that deals with a whole bunch of like different sci-fi moral dilemmas and stuff. But playing it so bad, like it's not it's yep. not a good playing game. And the fact that it, it it's staggering that that thing turned into Mass Effect 2, yeah. which is, like, one of the best playing RPGs ever. Like, it is... It's the thing I've seen consistently unreal, from, people, like, yeah. from people who are, are, like, critics playing that game is, like, for a three-year gap, the amount of improvement mm. across the board in that game is utterly kind of staggering. staggering. Yeah, utterly. Um, like, it feels like a completely unrelated game. Like, yeah. it is... And I feel the inventory system's much better. The powers work so much better. It yeah. feels better to play. Like it's. It, Do they it's, have? It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's definitely. It's definitely as I was watching it being played that I I kept having these moments of like, was that in one originally? Like, have they made any changes to that? So like, mm. I thought two was the one where they 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 changed the ammo system where it was like everything's the one ammo and it's overheating now right no that was so one was overheating and two was clips like that was the oh they went the other way okay right. yeah sure so one so one yeah it, it, it's weird but i i think because they wanted two to be more like action shooter they wanted like a reload button yeah so you could like reload your gun so yeah the one one was the one that like if you set if you set yourself up right you can fire a assault rifle yeah for infinity because it just never heats up like, yeah exactly yeah um, but yeah, I, 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 like, it definitely the Mass Effect One is definitely the more role playing e yes Mass Effect game. But the improvements that they make between one and two are so much that it's hard to. There are things about Mass Effect One that are good, but when you compare it to Mass Effect Two, it's like night and day. Like yeah. it is, it's yep. unbelievable. And, and like th- as someone who's like, I'm now like six or seven or maybe ten hours into Mass Effect Two, you. You feel it, and it is just—it's just so much of a better game. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. Um, I think I've done a good job with the the like the graphical upgrade as well. Like, yeah, looks great. It Super looks, looks great. Even looks even Mass Effect One looks like a good PS4 game. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like it, again, the, it's got a vaguely kind of Nintendo feel to it, where the art holds up. Like mm. if, when you upres it, like they can take the art style and like upres it and do the work, and like the core art is still the same. It just looks so much yep. better. No, um, yeah, they're like they're like design work is that's really I mean, good. Like yes. the, the aliens all have good design work, and the Citadel looks great. And yeah, yeah. so when you upscale it, it's good. Um, again, technically, I 
I can't see a difference between like performance and graphics mode on we're playing on PS5. I can't or oh, sure. PS4 upgraded whatever. Um, I can't see a difference in those two modes. They're both basically running at sixty with no problems. Like I can't see a difference. So we're just running on quality and seeing what, yeah. seeing what it does. Um, it's a hundred gig, right? It's yeah, hundred one nine or something. Okay. Like. Um, but again, it's like it's three giant games, right? I'm not three big games, surprised. Yeah um yeah no it's it's really it's good also, it's, it's also like i at the end of it was just like i want to be done with mass effect so i can play mass effect too um yes so i kind of like th- there's cool stuff in the side stories of mass effect but eventually at a point you're just like get me to vermi get the fucking end game going like let's just let's yeah, just do let's, this let's just do this yep yeah yeah for sure um cool oh just very quickly speaking of ps5 upgrade stuff um we we're talking about Resident Evil. That has possible. That has a really good use of the trigger stuff on PlayStation. Adaptive triggers. Yeah, in a way that I would not have thought about, and actually works really well in these kind of survival horror style of that game, where if you have any two-handed gun, like everything mm. from like the shotgun up, the amount of pressure you need to put to left trigger to ADS that gun is much, much more than it is with a handgun. So the amount of times physically where something has been coming at me and I try and ready the shotgun and I forget that it's not, that it has resistance in the trigger and you're like, you have to put that extra effort into like pulling that shotgun up. Like it, it increases the panic in a really good way where you're like, oh fuck, yeah. oh fuck, oh fuck. And you can't get it. And then especially with the shotgun, the amount of pressure you need to put on the actual trigger to fire is much greater as well, so that it is an effort to shoot that gun. Um, they've done a really, really good job with that thing. Um, it, it it shows that they've definitely got something with those triggers for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that's like the first thing anybody says when they get a PS Five is like, "Fuck these triggers." That's... But like, you can you can definitely look at like Astrobot is a good demo, obviously, because they do everything yeah, yeah, yeah. with those triggers. But like, it's when they start putting that stuff into actual games again and you're like okay people are actually using this in some pretty smart ways um and again resi's like resi's on everything right like that's pc and yeah yeah yeah. um and they've they've, they've put the time in to actually do some smart trigger stuff in there as well which is cool um also was it what was the story i saw was it metro like the pc version of metro exodus got a patch that lets you use the trigger stuff yeah yeah, yeah, on pc yeah. Which was cool. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. That's awesome. Um, cool. So, news. Um, there's not a lot not a lot of big stuff. Um, the Epic Apple stuff continues on. There hasn't been any more massive uh, things, except for, like, the judge actually took another dump on Apple, like, kind of out of nowhere. That was just like, I think it was something, again, it was something to do with the, um, wait, why don't Netflix have to pay for, why don't Netflix have to release movies individually, but games do that kind of thing? Like the fact that somebody who is not familiar with this did the same thing again is like, Oh yeah. Like, yes, it's bullshit. You're right. Yep. (laughs) Entirely right. Um, yeah. So some small stuff, uh, to tie up the Mass Effect uh, conversation, the Normandy is now No Man's Sky. Yeah. That Uh, was crazy. That was a weird, weird thing to come in. Um, so after the last, uh, after the last, the last expansion was in March. I haven't figured out how you actually get it yet. 
I think the, the, it seemed to be tied to like a community event. So oh, it's like tied. It's tied to the last do. expedition, the latest yeah. expedition. So you unlock it for your fleet there, which is cool. Um, and they added DLSS support, which I should actually try and see how many frames I can actually get out of that game now, because it's even on my like twenty seventy, that game still struggles sometimes. So be interesting to add DLSS and see what that does. Um, speaking of graphics cards, um, I haven't edited this, so I don't know if this makes it into the intro or not, but. Um, NVIDIA have added some stuff to their RTX 3000 series or are saying from May onwards all of their 3000 series is going to have stuff in it that will stop or that will make them not as useful for Bitcoin mining in an effort to actually get graphics cards in the hands of people who want to do graphics stuff and not kill the planet for Elon Musk Um, so yeah Um, they've tried this once before they fucked it themselves, so we'll see. Um, but they, that's that's the plan. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Last of Us Two got their PS5 patch, um, which means that game now runs at sixty. Um, well, it says there's an option you can now switch between thirty and sixty, but that game will now run at sixty, basically. Yeah. Um, I think I'm at the point where I want you to send me that game. I think I think I want to see last, that game. Last of Us. Sure. Yeah, I think I want to see that game now. Um, I think I'm in a place where I can do that because I keep seeing clips of it, and I'm like, okay, I need to not watch this because I actually do want to see this at some point. So, I'm sure, yeah. okay. I think you should send me that at some point. Um, what else have we got here? I oh, that was just that gif of people rushing Walmart to buy Pokemon cards, which is ridiculous. Yep. Um, did you see any of the Overwatch stuff? The Overwatch Two stuff? I didn't actually watched the stream but no what I, uh, I, I didn't think that game existed I, I had no idea what you're talking about okay fair enough so this was Thursday or the Thursday before you were listening to this um, there was the Overwatch 2 PvP live stream um, from Alan, Aaron Keller who's their new game director after Jeff Kaplan left um, so some of the highlights basically is that they are knocking the PvP from 6v6 to 5v5 um, sure and they are now limiting um, the basic the team formats where it is two damage because uh, it's traditionally it's like two support two damage two tanks. They yeah. are limiting it to one tank, which is where why it's now five. Like they're hard limiting right, yeah, it. Okay. It seems. Again, I haven't played Overwatch in literal years, so I'm not oh, sure. I haven't either, so I don't know. Um, so apparently, at some point, they introduced the rule lock. Which was that two 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 thing? So they're yeah. now limiting it to two two one with one tank. Um, they showed off push, uh, which is their new game mode, which seems kind of like the the one before the um convoy thing. Payload, payload. Thank you. Um, yeah. they showed some new abilities. Uh, like they've tweaked Maze Blaster, so she can't just straight up freeze people anymore or that kind of stuff. Um. Zarya has two shields in her bubble shield. Tanks take less damage. Reinhardt has two fire strike charges. All support players have a passive healing. Um, mm. That's the thing. But the offshoot of this is I saw an article, um, I think it was just yesterday, saying this has worried a bunch of professional Overwatch players because suddenly they don't they need one person less for their professional teams. Yep. And there might be a bunch that's, of players. That's literally what I was thinking is like, oh God, that's going to be bad for esports teams because they've just got to bench one player. But yeah. They basically have to bench one player and a bunch of them are now super worried, especially tank players who are like, well, they only need one of us now. So, um, 
Yeah, so the the difference between convoy uh, between push and convoy is that push is uh, double sided. So like it is uh, both teams are trying to do the same thing. They're both teams are trying to push co- uh, the the barricades as far as they can, and it's basically whoever has it further in enemy territory wins, as opposed to just like yeah. does the convoy make it or does it not? Oh, okay. So it's like a push pull mechanic. Yes, okay, so. exactly. There's not attack and defense. It's just like both teams are attacking. Um, and there's some UI cleanup and some some stuff in there. So it seems like that game, like they've said, basically that game's not this year. So there's still some time, but they're at least showing stuff that infers that that game exists still. I don't know. Um, yeah. So Overwatch Two still exists. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, the um, so the author the creator of berserk who's like a like a cult classic manga yeah um and anime series uh passed away on the 6th of may and uh there was a big final fantasy 14 tribute which i it's, is there some link between them or was it just generally no, like just, he's well, just, well respected the final, the final fantasy 14 community just do stuff like that sure what they do. okay but yeah it was cool seeing those those images of like yep. a bunch of people standing like out of respect along all these all the streets and stuff like that um yeah that was that was cool um seemingly endless trail of mourners and ulda snaked up and down the main thoroughfare it was yep. a it was a cool image to see it was super interesting yeah if you get if you get to see the final fantasy core 14 community when they do stuff like that it's usually pretty impressive yep um when I, so Don't we talk about FanFest for a bit? Is that part of news? Yeah, I just very quickly from the Kotaku article that's talking about it. Um, this is... Who is this? Ash Parish um, talking about this. When I first logged into my server to see the memorial for myself, bards were using their performance action to play a song I didn't recognise. When I visited the Balmong server, I heard the same thing, thinking it had something to do with Berserk. I looked it up and it was actually Guts theme from Berserk. Yeah. They were all playing... The yeah, the the, the bards, the performance bards are mental in 14. They do yeah. stuff like that all the time. Like they learn songs and Um Yeah, what happened with FanFest? I didn't think was that did that just happen it's, or something? It just happened. Like that was that, okay. that was it. Like I, there's not really a lot that I could say other than that we could, it was like pretty cool like they revealed they, they talked about Endwalker and said like it's gonna be the biggest expansion. There's a lot of like cutscenes and story and all that stuff, and they talked about the new job, which is like Reaper, which is a melee DPS class, but it also has like a weird avatar thing that it can do no one knows how it works yet it just looks cool yep. um and then yeah the thing that oh there was the the the, the fucking fender oh the guitar caster. yeah that's yeah. cool they revealed that they reveal a custom stratocaster that looked absolutely gorgeous and it's, it's like three thousand really- dollars yep. um and it's also going to be in the game for bards they get yep. to play it if they want i saw um, some pictures it looks it looks really good oh, <laughs> it looks really good really nice looking guitar yeah um I thought it was really funny when we were talking about that and you thought it was a weapon. That's, I assumed that's it was a weapon. Really, yeah. I assumed that that's what it was. No. Yeah, bards actually just use their instruments to sure. uh, do raids. That's yeah, it's not how that works. Um the the yeah, the heartbreaking thing was the the bit towards the end when the at the performance of the the primals, uh, mm. which is the band I talked about like a couple weeks yep. ago, the the lead audio designer for Final Fantasy fourteen talked about his like battle with cancer and how that affected like development of final fantasy 14 and yoshi who's like the director was there like thanking him and talking it's a very very heartfelt moment very yeah. uh, very sad for everybody but he's like he's in remission and he's fine now but it was uh it's a very sad moment yeah but um 
Yeah, it was, it was good fun. There was some cool stuff that came out of it. Um, there are bunny boys male, coming. Yeah, male Vieira if you want your bunny boys. Um, and female Hrothgar if you want your big well, beefy they, lion ladies. They're not, they're not in this. They're not confirmed, right? but it's, yeah. it's going to happen. The assume, um, yeah. yeah, so when you go to... Uh, if you go to Limsa Liminsa on the day that Endwalker comes out, all those people are going to be bunny boys, and that's going to be really funny. Um, <laughs> sure. So yeah, but that's going to be cool. Um, it's good for the, like people wanted Male Vieira forever, so it's cool that sure. they get it. Um, I think the reason why I didn't know FanFest had happened is because these things aren't happening in person at the minute. You don't see like, no, oh, yeah, here's all the cosplay, all... and here's the stage, yeah. and yeah, yeah, fair enough. Just the, the main thing. Well, the cosplay was... Uh, was Yoshi? He did that for the re- for the reveal of uh, Reaper. He dressed up in the, oh, yeah? the class armor and had a big scythe and stuff. And, That's yeah, cool. He likes doing stuff like that. He's he's crazy. Nice, um, but yeah, that was cool. cool. It's good fun. Excited um, for Endwalker. That'll be cool. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, kind of out of nowhere, the last thing I've got here: um, Free Radical Design, which is a new studio from Deep Silver basically put out a statement on the deep silver twitter account that says um just titled free radical design a new deep silver studio you asked and we listened we have been working on plans to bring back the time splitters franchise and are pleased to let you know that we are setting up a new deep silver development studio to do just that free radical design is reforming and will be headed up by industry and time splitters veterans steve ellis and david doak exciting first step in the process development has not started yet and we will update you when we have more news to share so yeah um more time splitters i it's weird, right? Because like, awesome new time splitters. Like, I we played a lot of that game when we were growing up, and cool. But also, like, what is time splitters in twenty twenty one? Right? Like, sure, oh, I, come I have a no long idea. Way. I'm fascinated to know. Totally. Like, like, is it just a super stylized like arcade like, shooter? Yeah. Like, is it just is it just Overwatch with those characters? Kind of. Yeah. Like, where do you take that? Like, you can't. Like if if you say time splitters to me, like the thing that that is for me is like the look, like the stylized look, like kind of vaguely controlled chaos and a level editor. Like those are the three things that yeah. that really make that game that made that game special. To, time. If you say to me time splitters, I think of monkey and bricks. That's what I think yep. of. Monkey bricks, monkeys only. Yep. Play mm-hmm. on God. Or snowman and fa- snowman and flame flame only. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. So the entire God. map is just people screaming, I'm melting! <laughs> over and over again. That's, yeah, it's great. Um, Game's good. I like yeah. that game. <laughs> the reason we bought a, a, a multi-tap was Time Splitters Yeah, to... to play Time Splitters, yeah. Yep. Excellent. And um, yeah, like, there's no fucking date or anything like that, but, like, they've said, like, hey, this is happening. Please, God, stop asking us, basically. Yeah. Please um, stop saying the word Time Splitters directly at us. Free Radical shut down in 2014. That's late. What did Free Radical yeah, do since Time Splitters? Did they make a game? <laughs> Free Radical Games, Free Radical Design, sorry, is the name of the studio. Because that, yeah, like, because there was a Time Splitters 4? Haze? They made Haze. Is that a video game? I don't know. I mean, yeah, hey, you remember Haze, the, that thing with... Uh, oh, it's the, it's the, the shit. With, yeah, it's the shit. Um, yeah, it's okay. that thing with uh, Slipknot. Did they, did they, Corn, no, the Corn? Corn. Corn, yeah, Corn did the music for yeah. Haze. Yeah, it's the shit. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so they, as Free Radical, they did all the Time Splitters, Second Sight, and Haze. Then they became yeah. Crytek UK and worked Crisis on games. Crisis, Crisis, yeah. and Warface. And then, yeah, they're now back as being Free Radical. Um, cool. I 
I don't envy that problem. That is a that no, is, I don't. What the fuck do you do with time splitters? How do you how do you make time splitters in like twenty twenty two or whatever that yeah. game comes out? Like I don't know. And yeah. Oh, f- sorry. Very quickly, the last thing. Um. Uh, the next Dark Pictures game got announced as well with a new teaser trailer. Mm. Um, it's called House of Ashes. It looks like they're going down the uh, we have cracked open an Egyptian tomb path. Ah, cool. Um, which Egyptian curses. Excellent. Egyptian curses, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, there's actually some details. Huh, I only watched the trailer. Um, House of Ashes, this is from the Polygon article. Um, House of Ashes looks to be inspired by, a Sumerian myth, by Sumerian myths. Um, it takes place in modern-day Iraq. Ashley Tisdale from High School Musical plays a major role in the game. Great. Uh, gameplay teaser happening on May 27th. So that is a couple of days oh, after okay. you would be hearing this, which is cool. I might just go fuck it and just play Man, Man of Medan. I just need to see that game. Yeah. <laughs> I still have the two-player thing. I'll, I'll see if I can rope somebody in to, to play that game with me. Um, cool. Uh, so what's coming up? Uh, Biomune comes out. On the day that this comes out, you're just you're just saying that because it's a video game that might come out. Totally, like, like again, Biomutant was one of those things. That like, oh, this looks interesting a year and a half ago, and then have heard nothing since. Yeah, um, yeah. So Biomutant comes out, and also the oh god, I forgot the name of it already. Um, the new game from the Danganronpa people for Switch. Oh, uh, no, World's End Club. Yes, that's the one. Uh, that comes out yeah. on the 28th as well for Switch. Um, I'm interested to see what that game is, to be honest. Uh, it looks good. Like, it has no a idea. good look to it. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, basically that's it till the next two weeks. So, um, oh, I was going to say, well, oh yeah, because I was going to say that June doesn't hit until the second week. when you. Yeah, exactly. Like, Necromunda's June 1st. Maybe, maybe that Necromunda game's good. I doubt it, but maybe Totally, but like, yeah... Um, and then Strive is the week after that. So Strive, Guilty Gear. Oh right, yeah. Fuck me, I keep seeing footage of that game, and I still can't quite believe it exists. Like it's, it's one of those. It's, it, it, it's unreal how good that game is. A staggering, staggering game. Oh yeah. So then Guilty Gear is the eleventh, and also Ratchet and Clank is also June eleventh. Mm. Um. Mm. So that that could be that could be very interesting. Um. Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, cool uh, stuff will be happening on the website I've stopped guaranteeing stuff because it's so difficult to get stuff together and get schedules yeah. and all this kind of stuff at the minute so we'll do this and we'll see what happens um, but GameInstart.com is the name of the website you can find all our videos and articles podcasts are up there we are on youtube.com slash GameInstart if you subscribe there you'll be notified when we put new videos up uh, we are on facebook and twitter if you search GameInstart you'll find us there podcast at GameInstart.com is the email address and that's us. Stay safe. Enjoy it as you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.